Welcome to Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. Stories We Don't Tell is a monthly event in Toronto that features candid stories of strength and resilience. I throw out my prayers, they went flying like balloons. The air whipped our hair, we went shooting down the valley. Knuckles gripped upon the handles, shivers rushing down my spine. Okay, so this is going to be, I don't know what to do about this episode. Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell podcast. Starting it, great idea. I'm Brianne. And I'm Stefan. Yeah, I just thought I'd dive right in. That's a good idea. Um, no recipes this week. No recipes, right. Yeah. Well, but, well I guess we're, we're sort of a recipe, if we could call sort of, we're cooking up some stories. Let's call it a recipe. Great. Okay, okay, so what we're going to do today is we're going <laughs> to... Paul, Paul gave us the biggest... Paul's already over it. Yeah. Okay, so what we're going to do today is uh, we're getting ready for our june event right now which will have already happened by the time this episode airs and we just had the first brunch but because the first brunch was awesome and there were a bunch of really great new people there Stefan and i are still behind schedule yes i would say very strongly behind schedule well to be fair actually i think because we had the extra week i feel more behind schedule than actually am yeah. I feel like I'm honest. I, I like I, I. I'm not as because of the whole. We had one week off. We, we we've been for a couple months in a row. We sort of had a show and then one week and then brunch. Whereas this time we had a week off in the middle, mm-hmm. which I didn't do anything with. Right. But now it makes me feel like I'm further behind than I would have if I was in the it's same like place. Two weeks passed after the May event, in exactly. which you weren't actively writing a story. Yeah. Yeah, we write a lot of stories. Yeah. So so today what we're gonna do is we're gonna lay out all the ingredients. We're gonna take you to the kitchen nice yeah where we're just prepping everything and we're going to talk through the stories that we're working on right now and then at the end of the episode you're going to hear the final version of my story yeah and then this is going to be a two-parter and so in the next episode you'll get to hear the final version of Stefan's story plus a kind of story post-mortem i've been calling it which yeah. i think is an appropriate expression but who knows yeah but i think also it's some also just we're going to sort of flash back to what what we what worked and what didn't and, and how the story evolved from our current thought we're sitting right here right now to the final product mm-hmm. uh because given that we've both done this enough times that we know that our current idea what we're about to explain to you, to you all of you right now could very well not be close to what happens yeah it could be like nothing is recognizable except for one weird idea that you hear us say yeah so let's start there what's the one weird idea that you think will actually last to the end of your story okay so well so i should we should get into it more right right yeah okay so i want to tell a story that somehow ties into my giant weird family who i love if any of them are listening um <laughs> my giant weird family and this land that we have up north in northern ontario and it is really isolated as you know because i recently showed you a map it's in the middle of spanish river provincial park and there's no roads and it's really an ordeal to get there and i don't know um plot wise what story i'm going to pull out of it but i think the thing that will stay somehow is the like the journey component so to get there when i was a kid to get there what we would do is we would take the train from sudbury ontario or from Carche, which is like an hour down the line so we'd get on get on at the second station instead of at the first one and we would ride the train for an hour from Carche. and we'd get off the train and we'd load all of our stuff up into a duck which is an amphibious army vehicle that my family had two to three of and then we would take that across some land, across a river, across some more land, across a lake. And that's how we got there. 
And uh, now we don't have ducks anymore. And also there's logging in the area. Were so you saying that these, sorry, do not bring Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you say that these ducks were horse-sized ducks? <laughs> They're bigger than that. Okay. <laughs> what you would, I think Paul wants me to say that there's a hundred size. Uh, uh, do you want to finish the thought or I don't, I don't know what sort of Paul's going on. I don't know what's going on with Paul. Move on. Oh. Oh, right. It's an island. It's an island. Yeah. Okay. It's not an island. an island. Listen, we only had two to three ducks. D-U-K-W. Right. It's like a tank. Anyway, so that's how we would get there when I was a kid. And then now there's logging in the area. So you can actually drive in on a logging road. And then some people will take an ATV from the logging road to the train station. And then they have to cross the river. We have a boat on either side. It's a whole thing. Every time someone brings up that riddle, it's like you have a fox and a chicken and a head of cabbage or something and like one boat. That riddle comes up every time. Because <laughs> we have two boats and we have to like get stuff across and then end with a boat on either side. Right. So you go one boat across, you get both boats, you bring them both back, you get another boat, you bring yeah. them across. Right. Yeah. But when there's a lot of people, it's like you go and you get the other boat and then you're doing two boat loads for a while uh, and right. then you have to resolve it at the end. And then eventually the fox described. eats the chicken. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So there's that and then there's hiking and then there's a boat. So there's two boat rides plus two kind of hikes or ATV rides. So, or you can still take the train. So anyway, you're saying it's an ordeal. So what I'm saying is that it's an ordeal and that it's like, very baffling for people. So I just took, as you know, my gentleman friend up, and this was the first time that he'd ever been there. And so the reason that Paul thinks it's an island within an island is because I left them alone together. And, and my <laughs> that was your mistake. That was my mistake for sure. I come back and my gentleman friend is explaining to Paul, like just the whole thing. And he was like, it's one of the top three weirdest places I've ever been. You have to cross like this thing and then you have to hike and then you have to cross an ocean and then you get there. And then everybody is related to Brienne. Hmm. Which is true, <laughs> except for the ocean part. There's no ocean. Right. So anyway, What's it's not that? an island, Paul. <laughs> and it's a peninsula. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, probably not the way that I just explained it, because that was probably seven minutes right yeah. there. And we're sorry for everyone had to hear that. Yeah. One. No, listen, I know you're enthralled. Right. So anyway, so I'd like finding a way to kind of create that ritual within a story I think is going to last and then what it hangs on to in terms of like how old I am and what piece I choose to portray is what's definitely up in the air right now for mm. me. And I think right now, like it seems to me that it's not, you have a bunch of options there for the way you want to have the story even feel right. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be, it could be easily from what you've just said, you could, this could be an adventure where you get there and you're suddenly surrounded by family and it's, it's going to be a redemption story. It could be, but, it, but also I know there's so many other ways you could take the story. Like I feel like with that, with that subset is very, I understand that, that that makes sense, but I think there's still, it's still so wide open. Mm -hmm. And something that, that we have to do uh, that not everybody has to do is that sometimes waits until we know a little bit more about the lineup. Mm -hmm. So right now we, we know who is at brunch and we have an idea of who might be telling a story in June. But the reality is if you listen to the lineup episode, you'll know that like there's a certain kind of arc that we look for in an event. And so what we often end up doing is trying to cater our stories to fit into that based on like what holes are still left in the mm -hmm. lineup. Right. And so definitely like, is this going to be a story about how um, like, how from my current perspective, I can see how anxious I was for a couple of years after my dad died and like feeling like an outsider and the way that anxiety sounds in my head and how that plays out in a, you know, compound full of people that just love me while I feel like not a part of it. Is it that story? Or is it about taking my dad up there? Or is it about how when I was 16, I cheated on my boyfriend there? Like, with someone that I was not related to, to be clear. Does your, <laughs> that's important, given that, uh, given that your gentleman caller said everyone is related to Brian and now that, that occurred. Yeah, it was my cousin's friend. Uh, 
Did you just break the news to your 16-year-old boyfriend that he that she, that no. he's, you know? Okay, great. No, he, he knows now. Okay, it's okay. Great. A, it was more than a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And B, no. Um, I, it, the news has been broken to him That's already. Good. I'm glad that he's not, that this isn't going to be the one that's banded off. Yeah, imagine. If I, like, <laughs> tag him in it on Facebook. <laughs> hey, remember that? Yeah. No, I wouldn't do that. I can tag everyone in it. Every, I'm friends with everyone still on Facebook. Um, but yeah, so that's, so yeah, so the point is that there's, there's, there's so many ways for places for you to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in a, in a, in a, in a perfect version of this, we might theoretically have you come back with a written version and then chat about that as well and have a third episode we do it, but we're gonna try it this way. And if, it, if people like it, we'll, we can do it again without feature stories. I think yeah. that's always an option. Yeah. And we can do it with other people. Yeah. If you're interested in this, whatever, I, you know, it's not under the hood is a better expression for what we're talking about, but we already started with the whole recipe metaphor. Right. I do kind of like under the hood, though. Yeah. We can just do both. Behind the curtain. Behind the, nice. We have so many options. Maybe that's what we should call the June event. I, I don't think, I think the June event's going to be friends and enemies. Okay. Or just frenemies. Mm. There we go. I like frenemies. I think Paula doesn't like frenemies. Um, okay, so uh, so it seems weird for me to throw to myself, but yeah. to move on uh, from this topic. So, so tell me and the audience what you're thinking about writing about this month. Yeah, so the... So here's so I'm going to try something completely new, I think, and it might fail. So if it fails, I might end up having to try to switch. Okay. Um, but so the, 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 what it came to brunch and the part that I know what I want to stay is I want to talk about a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'll probably leave his name as Corey in it because it's only going to be positive. So his name is Corey. Okay. Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, my story's been to Corey, and it's uh, I, I, he's appeared as a character in at least one of my other stories, maybe two. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really talked about a relationship entirely. And so what's interesting about this is that it came to brunch. Um, with an idea for for how I want to frame the story, uh, which really centers around this idea between of how when he was going through a, a breakup, uh, and when I was in I think second year, first year, uh, or summers of one of those two years, uh, we would have this rich we would fill in this ritual where I would sort of always be with him every night because you know I would finish work I would come and I'd get him a Snickers bar and we'd just eat and we'd play video games and we did this over and over and over and over again. Um, and I didn't really think about what I was doing beyond just like hanging out with my friend and I was like, you know, it was a good time. But like, what was interesting about that was then, uh, then that flipped about two years later when I was going through a breakup, I found myself almost reflexively doing the exact same thing. I found mm-hmm. myself reflexively going back to, I found myself again in Corey's basement over and over and over again. Um, and the same sort of deal that it, the, the, the never being alone kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of want to talk about this, the idea that, so Corey and I are very, very different people in many, many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just sort of the type of friendship, I guess you sort of covered this in your last, in one of your, previous, one of your recent stories as well. But this idea of where sometimes friendship is just being there. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes friendship is just, is just, is just taking up space and just being in this, in this being like there when you need it. Being someone. beside you. Yeah. Um, and so I want to sort of explore that a little bit. Um, it's because of these two things, mm-hmm. but then I, but I was, what I was struggling with at the, at the branch, which is why I'm going to try something new, uh, is I didn't know how to make that really a key, interesting story. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what, how to frame those two moments into anything beyond sort of this, like it would, it would be, it, it would have to, I would have to come up with a very kind of odd way of doing something with it. Uh, so what I want to try to do first is I'm going to, I'm going to try to actually take an old story, the second story I ever told. Mm-hmm. Uh, at our event, at least, um, which is about the time that Corey and I basically got half jumped, um, which in that version of the story, it's entirely about me. It's super introspective, and the whole story is really just about me trying to process my manhood while basically being punched in the face and not responding right. is basically what happened. Yeah. Um, and I briefly mentioned the fact that I'm that that that, that someone's beside me, and I briefly mentioned the fact that I'm uh, impressed that he isn't do that he's sort of he's with me in the refusal to sort of let this 
this asshole you know, provoke yeah. us. Yeah, um, But at the same, but I, I want to go back to that exact time and make the entire story about my and Corey's relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you thinking, okay, so as a frame, mm-hmm. are you thinking about doing it that way so that like, you have that moment, the almost fight is your primary narrative. Like we start and end there and come back to it. That's your present tense. Yes. And then you'll be flashing back or forward to the kind of breakup sleepovers. I'm yeah. Sure you won't call them sleepovers. Actually, but yeah. Now that you mentioned it, it's going to be, I just realized both of them are flashing forward. Okay. Uh, which, I, which I just realized right now. Both of them. Yeah. So I won't be able to, it'll be, I don't know how I'm going to do that. But yeah, both of them are going to be forward in time. Okay, but so you want that to be the present tense probably. I mean, it could be the opposite then. Like, they could be a present... One of those could be a present tense, but a present tense that, like, is mostly not in it, and then you're telling the jumping story in the past tense, but it's the main narrative. Yeah, it's going to be way harder, though. Yeah. I think I have to... I think I have to weirdly jump forward. Flash forward. Which I don't know what to do about yet, but I think... Because I think that's the, that's the action, right? That's the yeah. thing that keeps bringing people, keep, will keep bringing people back Yeah. Um, to the piece. Yeah. But, yeah, but I've never tried... So this is two things. I've never... I've never... I don't think I've ever tried flashing forward to some, such extent which is what we're trying to do. But yeah. the other thing is I've never tried to tell, retell the same story right. in a different enough way to make it a new story. Yeah. Uh, so that could fail terribly and you might hear a completely different story in the second episode and then we'll talk about why and everything then changed. Know. And then you'll know it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, but that's my, what I'm going to try to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that makes sense. I mean, that's definitely doable. It's a matter of um, how, like if your goal is to create a character portrait, which are kind of, it sounds like it is. Yes, it is. Right. And like that feeling, the feeling of being friends with somebody who, but like, yeah, who is there a proximity friend, which sounds dismissive when I say it like that, but I don't mean it that way at all. Like someone that has just been there your whole life. It's like a sibling. Yeah. Like you just, they are, they're a part of you. And so you're trying to kind of capture that feeling of having, yeah, a friend sibling, um, in a moment. Yeah. And I think, and I think it was interesting about the, but, now the more I think about it, this exact moment actually will be even perhaps more useful because of that, uh, mm-hmm. uh, because of the fact that we were just both there. Yeah, we both just basically were like You're we've been we've been together around. we've been together with uh, with, a, with a bunch of positive things and also just through really kind of shitty things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that so um, I hope it works. I think it could. Yeah, no, I think you'll figure it out. I mean, you went the like flashback, flash forward jazz. Well be probably your biggest would be my biggest hurdle for sure yeah. yeah but i think like the frame of that story will be doable like yeah. that won't be a struggle for you i don't think no i think you're right um okay well since we're since we're going to actually end up end up in your story mm-hmm. uh i wonder if we can fo- go back to your story for a couple seconds before we before we actually listen to it mm-hmm. um and so and so so feature us what do you think is going to be the biggest struggle for you to try to make this to try to make this story work uh and then we'll see if you're right okay well first of all right now based on so when i talked about it up brunch i talked for a long time because i was like oh and also this oh and also this because they're just all things that i think that i could talk about so my first obvious challenge is like what is this story and what is the feeling that i'm actually going to isolate which i i think i want it to be about yeah like about belonging and and feeling like you don't belong which is a feeling um true so I wanted to be about that. So my first challenge is like anchoring that in a moment. And I don't know if it's like this past weekend that just happened where I was just up there and was seeing it through a new person's eyes again for the first time in quite a while. Um, and also as a like mentally healthy person, because I would say last time I brought a new person up there, my mental health wasn't great. Uh, so I had a lot more like social anxiety around it. 
Um, so I don't know if that becomes the, I don't know what the entrance is. The mm. entrance is somewhere. And then I don't know what the meat of it is. I've got a lot of questions basically. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, my, I think the challenge that I'm going to have once I get to the editing phase. So once I've decided on both of those things and I've written something out, the challenge that I'm going to have is just what to leave in and what to take out. Like when you're bringing somebody into a totally new environment, which I will be in this case, like how do I explain enough that you understand how, like how weird it is, how weird it is that there's this place that is like shrouded in our, our family mythology. Like it's got, there are slides there from the seventies and from the sixties of like my dad and all of his cousins doing everything. Why are there slides there? We don't even have power most of the time, but it doesn't (laughs) matter. We have a slide projector and we have all this stuff. Like, it's like a museum to our family. There's, you know, up on the wall is my fishing rod from when I was a kid, but it's right next to my dad's canoe paddle from when he went to sleep, when he went to like adventure camp at the same summer camp that I went to. And then in my bedroom, there's like clothes that I hadn't looked at in a while. And I pull it out and it's like my dad's Ridley um, cardigan, which is Jeanette has one, right? Like right, yeah. the things of Ridley, like there's just all of this kind of stuff. So obviously I don't need to tell all of that, but that's all there. Plus this other thing, which is that we're in the middle of a park and it's totally inaccessible and that's weird and it creates a weird dynamic. And then there's this whole other layer, which I definitely won't get into, which is like financially, how does a place like this operate? Like how can a place like this continue to exist? Because under normal circumstances, when somebody has a cottage, like they could leave it to somebody else and there's a will and like that determines it, but that's not what we're doing. We're, we have this whole corporate structure. We have this whole, like we have the, there's so much. Right. And so how do I distill that into a place that I can take people? Right. Um, it's so almost, it's almost funny that you're trying to tell a story of a place. I'm trying to tell, tell a story of a person. Yeah. Neither of us have plots. No, no flat. You welcome everybody. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could tell the story of cheating on my, like, right. I, but I, that's not the, but that's not what, that's not what you want to tell. No. And it's also, what's funny is I, I've thought about that story before, but like, there's nothing to it really. Right. Like I was 16. Right. And it's the only time I've cheated on anybody was that summer. And like, I don't, I don't have a lot of feelings about it, to be honest. Like, the person that I was in a relationship with, he and I have a good relationship now. And I was 16. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, so that's not, so while it feels like, while people, we might mention offhand people like, Oh, that's the story I want to hear. Yeah. That what you, what you know, you, you know, what's interesting and you know, or you know, what's interesting to you. Uh, and that's, that's the place. I think it is or unique perhaps. Yeah. As a side note, sidebar, I do think it's interesting that we haven't really had infidelity stories. I think we've had maybe one, and it was somebody getting involved with someone who was in a relationship. Um, but I don't think we've had any stories of people cheating on somebody. I can't think of one. Yeah. I think that that is compelling because of our theme. Yeah. So noodle that. Um, so if you have a story of infidelity, you want to tell it. Yeah. Maybe let us know. Because I think that they, they, they matter. But anyway, yeah. that's a sidebar. I'm not <laughs> going to tell the story. Probably it might come up. Right. Who knows? This is what you'll find out in like a minute yeah. when we play the final version of the story, uh, whether or not that makes it in. Because I don't know it'll make it in. Right. But Shall we throw to future you? Yeah. Take it away, future Brian. So here at camp, there are four families, the Plants, 
the Thompsons, the Mahaffeys, and the Bannesses. I, obviously, am a Bannes. My Nana had two other siblings, but one of them was shot down in the war, and one of them never built a cabin here, so she's a bit of a mystery to me. Helen Valance, Annie Haw. Adam and I are making our way through the woods towards my family graveyard at the edge of the bay where my family's been spending summers since my great-grandfather built a logging camp here during the Depression. I've been tracing our history for him, from my great-grandfather all the way down to me, the youngest member of the fourth generation of 25 second cousins. And as we walk around the stones, I tell him about how Nana and her sisters used to spend their summers at camp drinking and playing cribbage for pocket change. How my great-great-grandfather had been illiterate, and so when he got married in Ontario, the priests anglicized his name, Plants, which is why we're the only Plant family spelled with a U. How somewhere before him, there was this guy named Caribou Cameron who maybe embalmed somebody in liquor? I can't remember, but I know that my parents were gonna name me Cameron if I were a boy. My parents divorced when I was three years old, and so I spent a lot of time in a car with my dad, driving back and forth between Hamilton and Kitchener. At first, I was obsessed with our family tree, with who had gone to Branksome, most of the women, and who had gone to Ridley, most of the men. Since I was the youngest of my generation, I wanted to know who was youngest in the generation above me. One of Auntie Haw's kids, apparently. One of the mysterious balances. I felt like part of a dynasty. But as I got older, I napped through more and more of those car rides. It didn't matter that I didn't know who Caribou Cameron had embalmed or where exactly he slotted into our family tree, somewhere up there above my great-grandfather. Dad seemed delighted by the story, and that was all that really mattered. Adam and I pause in front of my papa's grave marker so I can take a picture. My nana died in the 90s, but we haven't managed to haul a stone in for her yet. Her ashes are sitting on the mantle back in our camp. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this isn't even the strangest thing about the place. The Bennis camp was originally the mess hall of my great-grandfather's logging camp, which sits in the middle of what is now the Spanish River Provincial Park. It's filled with ice tongs and giant saws and a Sears catalog from the 50s. Our bay doesn't have road access, and so artifacts tend to accumulate. Just to get here, you drive and hike or take a train for two hours northwest of Sudbury, and then cross the Spanish River by boat, hike some more, and cross our lake in another boat. When I was a kid, we used to have amphibious vehicles called ducks to make the trip a little easier, but they've been parked in Sudbury for years. Now it's just quads, motorboats, and your own two feet. I'm surprised to see a relatively new stone in the graveyard. As far as I know, all of the third and fourth gens are still alive. Well, all of them but my father, and his ashes were interred in Toronto in 2009. We walk over to take a look, and I eventually place the name as the husband of one of the mysterious balances. I'm surprised to notice the clenching feeling in my gut as I register that he's buried here when my dad is not. He's not even blood. Dad used to spend every summer at camp with his aunts and cousins, and every year my older cousin and my older first and second cousins would tell me how much they loved him growing up how he was just this great big bear who would swim with them and throw them the furthest in the lake. They would boisterously line up just to play with him. But by the time I was old enough to swim in the lake, dad had mostly stopped going to camp. He and my mom had divorced and my stepmom didn't like the crowds, the enmeshment, the absurd journey to get there. At my aunt's invitation, my mom kept taking me up to spend time with my family, so dad thought they'd chosen her in the 
divorce and felt understandably unwelcome. This is why I learned most of the family mythology alone in a car with him instead of surrounded by our artifacts. As we walk back from the graveyard, I try to explain to Adam how I sometimes feel unwelcome too. I never learned how to light the propane appliances or mix the right ratio of gasoline to motor oil. I'm the only one of my cousins whose third generation tie is gone. I'm the only one of my cousins who's never spent more than two weeks straight here. I missed the 100th birthday party of our only surviving great aunt this spring. I can't name any of the Valenses, and I don't even fucking remember the details about Caribou Cameron. Here we are in this place where my dad is everywhere. His Ridley sweater hangs on a hook in my bedroom, and his summer camp paddle is mounted on the wall in the living room, and his smiling preteen face looks back at me from the photo cube on the coffee table. But all I can feel is his absence. After our walk, we set up the cribbage board in the corner of the living room. Adam is sitting in a rocking chair that my dad's best friend fixed up in the late 70s, which somebody always tells me about every single year. We're looking out at the lake through the windows that came from the demolished schoolhouse in the demolished mill town by the river that my grandfather used to run. My aunt comes out of the cabin that used to be my Nana's, carrying a handful of paper clippings. I was looking for a picture of Uncle Donald and I found all these papers that Nana collected. There's a whole handful of comic strips and write-ups about Caribou Cameron. You know, the prospector who buried his wife in BC in a casket filled with alcohol during the gold rush so that he could dig her up and then bury her again in Ontario? Thank you. You can find us online at thereapers.org because we're in the life collecting business. You can like us at facebook.com slash stories we don't tell podcast. If you want to help us out, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks to Rayana for the theme music to this podcast. You can find out more about her in the show notes or at rayana.ca. This episode of Stories Out Tell Podcast is brought to you by Infidelity. Infidelity. It's interesting, you think. Do you assume? <laughs>